It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Hurricane Ian is still impacting millions of people across Florida. Download the Fox Weather app for the latest information. I'm Charles Payne. I'm Kat Timp. I'm Stuart Varney. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, September 29th, 2022. I'm Jessica Rosenthal. It's a political time as midterms approach, but before they arrive, a hurricane got here first and shoved political divisions aside, at least for now. That's one thing that I know I have a lot of hope of. There's a lot of good people in Georgia and in Florida, so I'm praying for anyone in the path of this hurricane. We speak with Georgia Republican Senate nominee Herschel Walker. I'm Dave Anthony. There's an uprising in Iran. Protests met with deadly force after a woman died in custody, allegedly beaten for violating a head-covering dress code. They are burning their hijabs, cutting off their hair, and demanding freedom, something that we haven't seen because of the violent oppression that Ayatollah regime is now cracking down on their people in Iran is really on full display. And I'm Kevin Walling. I've got the final word on the Fox News Rundown. As Hurricane Ian approached Florida's southwest coast, millions were on edge, bracing for the storm surge and the wind and rain that would follow. Emergency management and other officials urged people to take this storm seriously. Moments like these are often when we hear about the importance of coordination, specifically between and among local, state and federal officials, especially after Hurricane Katrina. At first, it was reported that President Biden was speaking to local mayors in Florida. But then Florida Governor Ron DeSantis praised the president's approval of the state's emergency declaration. DeSantis told Fox's Sean Hannity he and the president had spoken. You know, and it's my sense that the administration, you know, wants to help. I think they realize that this is a really significant storm uh, and there's a lot of people that you know, we're working with the locals. We work very well with them course at the state level, uh, but we really need everyone working together to make sure people uh, have their needs tended to. President Biden said his team had been in touch with the governor and local mayors from the beginning. We are on the alert and in action. We've approved every request Florida has made for temporary assistance, emergency assistance, long-term assistance that I've received. President Biden is expected to receive a briefing at FEMA's headquarters today. Now, as Florida grapples with the immediate effects, other states are on alert as well. Parts of Georgia may be in Ian's path to varying degrees. And Governor Brian Kemp already declared a state of emergency. He told 500 National Guard troops to stand by and stood up the state's emergency management department. We are prepared. We're ready. We're continuing to watch. There's no need for panic in the state of Georgia right now. We're continuing to monitor where the storm's going to actually go when it comes across Florida and certainly keeping them in our thoughts and prayers. Kemp, as are other elected officials in Georgia, is involved in a critical midterm race. He's facing Democrat Stacey Abrams. Georgia's Senate race is considered one of the most crucial in Republican efforts to flip the balance of power in the Senate. The latest Fox News poll out Wednesday finds the Democratic incumbent Raphael Warnock ahead by five points, though many in Georgia may be more concerned right now with Hurricane Ian. Well, you know, I'm going to pray for anyone that's in the path of the hurricane. Herschel Walker is Georgia's Republican candidate for U.S. Senate. And I think everyone should be doing that. And and this is not time for politics. That's what's so sad that we've gotten to the point, you know, when you see someone's hurting, you have politics involved. You know, and that's what has made me upset is to see the crime on the street. Right now you see people videotaping uh, someone getting hurt. And I'm like, what type of country have we become? 
that someone will sit there and watch someone getting beaten or getting hit and don't even step in to do anything. And that's that's one of the reasons I decided I wanted to run. I, I, I know America is better than this. A lot of the people are better than this. And those just a few people that do want to put politics rather than helping someone. And, and that's what's sad. If you're senator of Georgia and you see a hurricane approaching, what are your concerns for your state, whether it's decision-making or infrastructure? What would you tell people to do, especially because Georgia may end up being in, in Hurricane Ian's path? Yeah, right now, people got to worry about flooding. You know, you got to worry about insurance. You also got to worry about people uh, trying to take advantage of someone. And I think that's one of the biggest things. Right now, down in Florida or in certain parts of Georgia, you're going to have people going to want to oversell water. They're going to oversell certain things that people really mm-hmm. need. But, you know, you also have a lot of good people as well. And that's one thing that I know I have a lot of hope of. Is there's a lot of good people in Georgia and in Florida. So I'm praying for anyone in that path of this hurricane. Let's talk about your U.S. Senate run, because we're talking to you, I think, at an interesting moment. You still have time to appeal to voters. Um, and, and the polling has been split for the most part, almost evenly between you and your Democratic opponent, Senator Warnock. So what is your plan between now and mid-October when voters start voting in Georgia? Well, my plan is to continue to get out and meet the voters because you're almost right in the sense that it's been split between the two of us. But he spent almost $54 million against me with so many negative ads because he really doesn't have anything to talk about. You know, his policies has been terrible. His policy has been terrible as a senator. He hasn't done too well. He's been in office less than two years, and we uh, have a high economy. Crime is bad. The board is wide open. You know, we have wokeness in our school, wokeness in the military, and less than two years. And he asked for the people to give him six more years, and I think two is enough. Right now, we got to get uh, division out of this uh, country where he's trying to divide people. I think we need unity to bring this country together. I think we're at a verge of war almost with China, with Russia, with uh, Iran. Uh, We're killing this Iran deal, and that's terrible. You know, you have to have people that become the adults in the room and say, no, I'm going to do this and vote the right way, whereas he's voted Joe Biden 96% of the time, which means he's for Joe Biden and the elite in Washington, and I'm for the people in Georgia. You're still planning to debate Senator Warnock, right, in mid-October? Uh, October the 14th in Savannah, Georgia. You said about debating him that you're not that smart, but you'll do your best. I think in that video, you were, I think you were joking around, but still some in the media, do you want to clarify, were you joking? Well, you know, uh, everyone knew I was joking, but the media has been, uh, Senator Warnock friend. They've been campaigning for Senator Warnock somewhere because every time you see him write an article, they're writing how great of a guy he is. And yet these policies that he's done has been absolutely terrible. They, you never see them write the truth. The truth is, Senator Warnock is a blame for this border being wide open. Senator Warnock is a blame for this economy. He's a blame for crime that is picked up. And yet they would not even acknowledge that. So I'm saying that if they're going to pick Senator Warnock, but one thing that I'm sure of, the people of Georgia is picking Herschel Walker. Uh, that was actually my my follow-up was was some it does appear that some in the media are using your words when you when you said that to say that you're downplaying expectations or to say you know what he's not that smart and we should believe him and i i wanted your reaction to that it sounds like you just gave it to me but is that it sounds like that's that's your sense of of your reaction to what the media reaction has been to you saying that well you know one of the things and as i said earlier the media is not my friend and i know that you know they used to love herschel walker 
But now since I've become a uh, Republican, now everything I do is going to be wrong. They like Senator Warnock so much, and they're uh, cheering them on. But I said I'm not cheering on when I see mothers can't even afford baby formula because they didn't do the right thing. When I see people being they're afraid to go to the mall because of their crime. You know, that's what I fight for. I want every mom to be able to leave their home and feel safe. I want every mom to know that I'm going to support them and get them baby for them. And I want them to know that I'm going to help them to put grocery on the table. I'm going to keep gas prices down because that's what Georgians deserve. Georgians are good people. They deserve someone in Washington that's going to represent them and not just go there to hang out with the elite there in Washington and, and just vote with the elite there, but vote for the people of Georgia. Let me ask you, I, I know that former President Trump um, endorsed you and that you guys were or are friends. And I want to ask, do you want the former president to campaign with you or do you feel like that would hurt you with the more moderate or independent voters in Georgia? Well, I think people now must realize that President Trump has been my friend for over 40 years. I take anyone that want to campaign with me to win the seat back for the great people of Georgia because they deserve to have someone new in that seat. Uh, you know, I've been down here doing the work that I need to get done. And if President Trump want to come down, anyone that want to come down, because people forgot not only did President Trump uh, endorse me, and I and I told everyone he better endorse me because I've known him so long. And that's the same as uh, Leader McConnell. He endorsed me. You know, I'm one people that bringing people together. Uh, you know, I'm bringing people together because I believe in unifying. Whereas you and people have seen, that's what President Biden said. He believed in unifying people, but yet he called them names. The same thing with uh, Senator Warnock intended to separate people and divide people. And I think a house divided cannot stand. Let me ask you, there have been some, I know you said the media is not your friend, but there have been some pieces calling you out saying that you've exaggerated things like your connection to law enforcement. Um, is there anything you would like to clarify about your past remarks or things you've said with us today? Well, you know, one of the things, I'm glad you brought that up because the law enforcement right now, uh, I have probably more law enforcement that has endorsed me than anyone in the state of Georgia that is running right now. And one of the things they endorsed me because I have worked with law enforcement for many years. I will continue to support law enforcement because they need people to have their backs. Right now, this is one of the toughest times to be in law enforcement. Our men and women in blue need our elected officials to have their backs. And I've worked with law enforcement for many, many years, not just in the state of Georgia, but all over the United States of America. I've worked with law enforcement. And, you know, they've made fun of it. And I did train in, in Quantico with the FBI. And that's what they've made fun of. But one thing about Herschel Walker, and I talk about myself in third person sometimes, and I know that. One thing you can say about me is I never stay down. I get up. I move forward because a strong man is not a man that always want to show strength, but he show weakness, but he get up from that and he do something to change it. And that's what I've done my whole life. But Herschel, just sorry to harp on this, but to clarify, you've never been a sworn peace officer. You've never actually worked as a law enforcement officer. Right? Uh, no, what I've done is help law enforcement and like different with the prison system. I've helped them to get points whenever they would, uh, they get points for different, I think, ratings that they have to have. So I've worked with law enforcement in doing that. And I've been at many speeches with law enforcement as well. And I think that's what the people don't want to admit. I've always had our law enforcement men and women back. And that's what I will always continue to do. There's a piece from Axios. It was written by our own Fox News radio political analyst, Josh Kraushauer. And he says control of the Senate will come down to Nevada, Pennsylvania and Georgia, that whichever party wins, at least two of those three seats will hold power in the Senate. 
I know because you've told us that you're used to pressure on the field, but how much pressure do you feel here? Well, there's pressure here. There's pressure here, and that's the reason I'm getting out. I'm campaigning. I'm getting out, seeing the people, because uh, you we talked about earlier. They've spent right now almost $54 million against me already. But I think the Georgia people are speaking, because we talked about that earlier as well. Right now, the race is virtually tied, meaning the Georgia people are saying they want new leadership, and I'm going to win this seat back for them. Okay, last question for you. Your opponent, Senator Warnock, he he does have something of a record as senator, even if it's just been a two-year term thus far. I know some people in the Republican Party question if he's accomplished a lot, but he likes to highlight that he pressured the federal government to get more funds for the Port of Savannah to help with supply chain backlogs and um, highlights that he's worked with and praised Senator Ted Cruz uh, about getting this major interstate highway completed, I think, out of Texas. And he said he's been working to get incentives for Georgia's growing solar manufacturing industry. And and some of that is actually in the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, And he says that that creates jobs. If you guys debate and this, you know, happens and he pulls those references out and he highlights those things, what do you say back to him? Well, you know, the only thing you can say back, look where we're at today. Let's be honest. Right now, this economy is failing. Right now, there's crime on the street. Right now, you have wokeness in our school, wokeness in our military. This board is wide open. He's done some things. And what are those things being? Now it's time for midterms. It's time for people to vote. So he's pretending that he cares. If he cares, he would have done this when he got into office. Right now, don't do it now. And I always tell people, don't run now. It's too late to run. But now is to prove who you are. And as Maya Angelou said, if somebody shows you who they are, believe them. He showed us who he was when he got to Washington and voted with Joe Biden 96% of the time. And the polls have shown they're headed in the wrong direction. But yet they would not turn around to vote with the people of the United States or vote with the people of Georgia. Republican Senate candidate in Georgia, Herschel Walker, thank you so much for your time. Hey, thank you so much. And, and I encourage everyone to go to teamherschel.com and let's win this seat bite for the great people of Georgia. Fox News Radio On Demand on the Fox News app. Download the app and just click listen. When you swipe left, you can listen to your favorite Fox News talk shows live. Swipe right for the latest Fox News Radio newscasts on demand. Fox News Radio on the Fox News app. Download it today. This is Kevin Walling with your Fox News commentary coming up. It is not a peaceful time in Iran. There have been protests for nearly two weeks that Iranian security forces have tried to stop. What you're hearing there, some women being taken into custody. It was posted on Twitter by Iran International English, a 24-hour Persian news channel. A lot of protesters across the country are posting videos on social media of crackdowns that have reportedly left at least 30 people dead. It all started September 16th when Masa Amini died in police custody, allegedly beaten severely for not properly wearing a head covering. Masa is the girl who got killed just because of a bit of her hair was visible. Masi Alina Jab is an Iranian journalist who tells Fox. Iranian women are like us. They deserve to have the same freedom and dignity. So that is why Mahsa's brutal death becoming a turning point 
for Iranian women and a tipping point for the Islamic Republic. The U.S. is siding with the protesters. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan told NBC's Meet the Press on Sunday. We have taken tangible steps uh, to sanction the morality police who caused this young woman's death. And we've taken steps to make it easier for the Iranian people to get access to the internet and yep. to communicate with one another and with the world. And we will keep speaking out day in and day out because this is a matter of fundamental justice, dignity and rights. Also supporting the protesters, Congresswoman Young Kim. What we're seeing is the Iranian people standing up and speaking out against that cruel Ayatollah regime. She's a Republican from California. They're burning their hijabs, cutting off their hair and demanding freedom, something that we haven't seen because of the violent oppression that Ayatollah regime is now cracking down on their people in Iran is really on full display. They are cracking down on their freedom of speech and of dissent, which at this point, it the toll of number of people dying is just increasing every day. So this is really heartbreaking. And as a country, U.S. must demonstrate through our words and our actions that we stand with the Iranian people in the fight for freedom, which is why I just got off the House floor giving my you know, brief remarks to let the Iranian people know that the United States and I and many of my colleagues stand with them in their peaceful protest uh, for their freedom. It's also interesting to note that there, throughout the crackdown, the attempts to stop the protests, they're still posting videos on social media of the violence and the crackdown, and people are even ripping down posters of the Ayatollah, shouting death to the dictator. It seems like a lot of younger Iranians have become more bold these days. You know, younger Iranians were more savvy using Internet. I think the ability for them to get the message out is what we are seeing in the world. So to that end, I want to thank Elon Musk for deploying Starlink to ensure internet access so the world can see what's happening on the ground as the region cracks down. And we must keep current sanctions in place to ensure that we do not offer any concessions to this regime as we continue to fight this. But again, the young Iranians, the ability for them to uh, take photos, post it on Internet for the world to see what's going on. I think this is really, really important time. One of the things Iran always does is cut off Internet access, shut it down. But if you have the Starlink and you have the satellite access, they don't really have as much of an ability to do that anymore. Exactly. I let my colleagues in sending a letter to our president and our administration so that our government does not issue the entry visa to President Raisi uh, because, you know, we know what he's doing, what his uh, regime is doing. And we know President Raisi is a monster. He has no place on United States soil because I didn't want him to come to United States, give him a platform by participating at the United Nations uh, General Assembly just to further promote his propaganda and promote terrorism on U.S. soil. We allowed it. We turned a blind eye by allowing him to come here. And that's a travesty. And I've been speaking out against this. As we saw, this was another way for Racy to spread his uh, support for terrorism and uh, Iranian regime is uh, supporting, you know, like terrorist groups like Hezbollah and Hamas. It's also 
interesting, the Iranians have helped supply Russia with drones to use in the war in Ukraine. We know Iran supports all of these and we allow them to do this and we are allowing him to further promote that, which is why I think our words, America's words, must be trusted by allies and feared by our adversaries. Uh, supporting our vulnerable allies is critical to keeping Americans safe at home and abroad. But uh, what we've seen, uh, you know, the crisis after crisis from this Biden administration is not only making the life harder for Americans, but also hurting our global standing. And Putin and Xi Jinping, they watched our botched withdrawal from Afghanistan, and this is what's happening. So we are uh, providing the, uh, the ability for Russia, for our adversaries, to continue to undermine our ability to lead in the world. These protests and U.S. sanctions come as the Biden administration negotiates with Iran, trying to rejoin the Iran International Nuclear Agreement President Trump pulled the U.S. out of in 2018, calling it a horrible deal. Our allies still signed on to it and brokered the talks for months, despite Iran's violations in recent years, increasing uranium enrichment closer to weapons grade. At the U.N. General Assembly earlier this month, President Biden said, and While the United States is prepared for a mutual return to the joint comprehensive plan of action, if Iran steps up to its obligations, the United States is clear. We will not allow Iran to acquire a nuclear weapon. The other day, Secretary of State Antony Blinken said the talks have gone backwards. Congresswoman Kim is worried about a new deal. It's definitely going to be worse than what we had in 2015 in JCPOA. That was negotiated during the Obama administration without the advice and consent of the Senate. That was flawed. And that was taken advantage of by Iran. Under the original Iran deal, Revolutionary Guard forces continue to coordinate and plan attacks on our service members and allied partners that further contributed to a deteriorating stability in the region. That's what we're seeing right now. If we go ahead and agree to the uh, new agreement as Iran wants it, then we're giving concessions and it will embolden Iran to further uh, expand their nuclear weapons ambition, which is why we... Congress needs to be consulted in every step of the way as Biden administration negotiates this new deal. Uh, we cannot uh, sign off on anything until Congress is fully informed as to what exactly is going to be included in that Iran deal. When Congresswoman Young Kim was first elected in 2020, she and two other new House members, Michelle Park Steele and Marilyn Strickland, were the first Korean-American women in Congress. So she's closely monitoring North Korea's nuclear threat as well. And today, Vice President Harris visits South Korea. The day after, in Japan, going to a U.S. Navy base speaking out against China. China used Speaker Pelosi's visit to Taiwan as a pretext for an unprecedented show of military force. The same day the Vice President said that, China's ally North Korea fired off two more missiles and is on pace for a record number of those tests this year. Congresswoman Kim says... Right now, we know North Korea is a nuclear state. We have to recognize North Korea for what it is and deal with North Korea for who they are, not what we want North Korea to be. We need to show strength. Our words matter. 
which is why we want to make sure that when we lead from the position of strength, that we we mean what we say. And so we want to make sure that allies can trust us. And we want our one of the strongest uh, security as well as uh, economic and trade partner that South Korea is, we want them to know that we will be there as a strong ally in all areas from economic trade and security front. Um, so I am uh, watching the developments in the Korean Peninsula as well. And I think there is so, I'm so glad that you mentioned that there are not one, but there are four of us. Korean-Americans serving in the United States Congress, to Republicans, to Democrats. We bring the very bipartisan voice when it comes to dealing with North Korea, and, and we, we do not want any conflict on the Korean Peninsula. But we need to make sure that we show the strength that we can be there to support our allies if and uh, when the conflict arises. But it's not just the Korean Peninsula. As um, Xi Jinping eyes Taiwan, we want Taiwan people to know that the United States will be there to protect them as well. And that includes providing them with the arms that Taiwan already paid for and the United States has yet to deliver, which is why I uh, introduced that uh, Export Arms Delivery Act. And I'm glad that was passed. We need to make sure that we provide them with what they uh, purchased and we promised. Uh, new uh, weapons uh, sale to Taiwan is important, but again, we need to provide them with what, what they already purchased. And same thing, I'm glad uh, with the uh, South Korea, they are also uh, non I mean, they are one of the countries that do a lot more uh, foreign arms sales or, uh, you know, we've been able to provide them. We'll continue to be there and provide them with the weapons that they need. Congresswoman, President Biden the other day said that the U.S. military would come to the defense of Taiwan if China were to invade. Is that the right policy in your view? <laughs> it is the right policy, and I hope that that would be the uh, stage of clarity. But, you know, this is, I believe, the fourth time now that uh, President Biden has signaled support for Taiwan, and then his administration and the staff backtracks. It does nothing to signal confidence to our friends, and I'm sure it's caught the attention of Xi Jinping as he eyes Taiwan. Um, what's even more alarming is that Taiwan has purchased billions of dollars worth of American uh, military equipment to defend themselves. As I mentioned, they already pay for it. United States has yet to deliver them. We need to make sure that um, the Taiwan Relations Act, which is like 40 years old now, we need to revisit it and make sure that strategic ambiguity, where that is the current policy of the United States, it's about time that we revisit and talk about strategic uh, clarity. Congresswoman Young Kim, Republican from California, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. Subscribe to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. It's time for your Fox News commentary. Kevin Walling. What's on your mind? In political campaigns, closing well is everything. And Republicans in recent years have proven that they just cannot seal the deal. Who could forget the catastrophe of Donald Trump delivering the Senate to Democrats when voters in deep red Georgia defeated two incumbent senators in runoff elections? Just like Lucy snatching the ball from Charlie Brown, 
Republicans love to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. While candidates and issues absolutely matter, how a party finishes out an election cycle and which candidates have the big mo or big momentum in the final few weeks matters much more. With less than six weeks until the election, new polling shows Democrats hold a slight but growing edge when it comes to voter enthusiasm in the upcoming midterms. There has been a remarkable shift from the start of the summer when Republicans held a nearly double-digit enthusiasm gap advantage. Now 60% of registered Democrats say that they are either extremely or very enthusiastic about voting, compared with just 57% for GOP voters. In another nod to increasing Democratic fortunes, Fox News's power rankings indicate that for the first time this cycle, Democrats have a path to keeping control of the House of Representatives, a notion that was totally out of the realm of possibility just months ago. Democratic victory is still certainly an uphill battle given historic trends, GOP-backed gerrymandering efforts, and the large number of retirements from Speaker Pelosi's ranks. But this marked change shows that the lower chamber is very much in play. Democrats also have a very strong pathway to maintain control of the Senate as well. With fewer and fewer truly competitive congressional races, even a one or two point swing among a key voting bloc can make a difference in which candidate ekes out a narrow win. One key group of voters are independents who often make up their mind closer to election day between the two major candidates and parties. Independents broke for Donald Trump in the closing days of the 2016 race and flipped back to the Democratic column in 2020 in support of Joe Biden. In fact, six months ago, Republicans held a 12-point advantage among independents, according to the Wall Street Journal. Now those centrist voters prefer Democratic candidates for Congress over Republicans 38% to 35%. As the journal notes, Democratic gains come from increased support among independents, women, and younger voters. Black and Hispanic voters who have traditionally fared Democrats heavily are also more solidly supportive of the party than they were earlier this year. Six weeks can be an eternity in politics, and obviously some news could drop that flips these recent polling trends around completely, which is not out of the realm of possibility. In fact, we have seen the scenario in the famed October surprise play out many times before. The Jim Comey letter and the Access Hollywood tape both dropped in the closing weeks before Election Day in 2016 and instantly changed campaign dynamics. There is no question that this may be the highest turnout midterm election we have seen in recent memory. And Democrats closing strong among key voting blocs, including with independents, may leave the GOP like Charlie Brown saying good grief on November 9th. This is Kevin Walling. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine.